Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. Have a little bit of a programming announcement here off the top. This is going to be the last Wednesday podcast with me and Steve Alexander for a while, for the foreseeable future anyways. And as I bring in Steve Alexander, Steve, what's the programming plan for the podcast for the foreseeable future? Well, much like the NBA season and the entire world, we don't really know what the future holds uh, over the over the next month. But what we do know is that there's a show on a pretty big sports network called The Last Dance about Michael Jordan. And I think the plan uh, going forward is one podcast a week. I don't know that that's set in stone, but I envision as one podcast a week. It's going to be me and Gallagher, uh, hopefully on Mondays, going over the previous Jordan show from Sunday night for like the next month. And then when that when that show runs its course, hopefully by then we will be back into regular basketball programming. We'll be working on the draft guide. We'll be posting tons of blurbs and writing columns and all that stuff, and this pod will return, but right now, we're going to take a little break. That's right, uh, but before we take a little break, we're going to actually do a podcast, so so this is this is our last dance for a minute here, Steve, but let's take a minute to talk about The Last Dance, which you just mentioned, just big picture, like, wh- what did you think about those first two episodes? Uh, I thought it was, it wasn't in the episode, but uh, it came out later that the whole trading Scotty Pippen thing was Tracy McGrady was was the the target there, and how that would have changed the whole landscape of the East if if the Raptors would have got Pippen instead of having Tracy McGrady, and then what what happens with uh, the Bulls with McGrady? It, it was that that aspect of it was kind of interesting. I thought, um, I mean, obviously Jerry Krause <laughs> is the crumbs as they like to call him is the underlying sinister star of the whole of the whole show just the disrespect they showed to him was was interesting pippin's salary or lack thereof you know he was like the sixth sixth highest paid player on the team possibly the second best player in the league at that point jordan needed him and and jordan has caught some heat for not sticking up for for pippin to get more money but because Pippen wasn't getting paid very much, it allowed the Bulls to add like really good free agents uh, to an already solid core. So I thought the show was great. I think it's only going to get better, get better from here. Yeah, Pippen. I mean, one cool takeaway for me just from a basketball standpoint was just we know Jordan. Obviously, we Jordan has kind of stayed in our minds all all these years and. But but even just seeing the volume of Jordan highlights, it just reminds you, dude, just the way that guy moved on a basketball court. There's just no one who has 
who plays with that same artistry. You know what I mean? First of all, that was just amazing to me. And I mean, you're just reminded of, man, Pippen was just phenomenal as well. Pippen was so good. Sometimes you watch like old basketball highlights and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if that guy could hang in today's NBA. Jordan, of course, and Pippen. Pippen would absolutely still be a star in today's NBA. Yeah, and speaking of Pippen, I mean, my favorite line from the whole show was, I wasn't going to F up my summer. (laughs) And, you know, he put off having the surgery. He's like, I'm going to enjoy my summer. They're not going to, you know, if Jerry, if Reinsdorf and and Krauss don't want to pay me, then I'm not going to go get my surgery right now. I'm going to just do my, I'm not going to F up my summer. And I thought that line was was pretty classic. And then then watching, you know, that Jordan 63-point game, against the Celtics, like some of those moves he was making, like he was going between his legs. He was doing stuff that guys do today that I don't think anybody was doing back then. It was, it's insane. And just the, just the maneuvering in traffic around guys is just outrageous. And, and by the way, Pippen, Pippen was a fantasy star. I mean, Jordan was, of course, as well. Since this is technically a fantasy podcast, I thought I'd throw a few numbers at you, Steve. First eight years of Pippen's career, he averaged 2.2 steals, 1.0 blocks. Talk about a guy who was just a fantasy monster. And Jordan had some just obscene fantasy years also, even though he really didn't hit a lot of threes. I don't know if people realize that. Jordan's career high ever for threes in a season was 1.4. And his first, first eight seasons, he only had one year where he averaged even more than one per game. Uh, he was like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.1. But during some of those years, I mean, you just look at randomly 87, 88, 35 points, 5.5 boards, 5.9 assists, 3.2 steals, and 1.6 blocks that season. <laughs> Dude, and if he played in today's era, the three would be a huge part of his game. Like he would, he'd be out there shooting tons of threes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the most he ever attempted in a season per game was 3.6. I mean, contrast contrast that with, like, Joe Harris averaged 5.9 attempts this year. (laughs) You know, it's a totally different era, just was not as much of a priority. But, I mean, you watch him shooting threes in this series or just watch old highlights. That's a comfortable shot for him as he gets further into his career. Yeah. I mean, and had he been shooting threes, his scoring would have been even even more ridiculous. So uh, I I have a quick uh, last dance story of my own. one time, like 15 years ago, probably 14, 13, somewhere in there, I was in Johnny B's, which is my Dahlonega hangout establishment, and I ended up sitting next to this guy at the bar, and uh, he's like, what do you do? And I was like, I write about basketball. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, uh, I, I'm just a sports fan. I know a lot about, I know a lot about the Hawks. And so he starts grilling me on like these new Hawks, free agents that they're looking at they haven't even like signed them yet like this guy has got such in-depth information about the hawks and he's just messing (laughs) with messing with me and he's like do you recognize me and i was like you look familiar man but i can't i can't put it together he had a do-rag on his head he had a beard he had a leather jacket on he rode his his harley up here from atlanta come to find out it was wally blaze who was the hawks trainer back then and before Wally was the Hawks trainer, he was he was in charge of basically uh, handling Dennis Rodman for the Bulls. And he started telling me stories about the Bulls where, you know, his job was to go 
to Carmen Electra and Rodman's whatever condo or house, wherever they live, and get Dennis and take him to practice every day. And he he would tell me stories about what he saw when the door would open. And he ended up being Rodman's guy. And there's a there's a cartoon type documentary movie out online called Wally and the Worm. And it's about Wally Blaze and Dennis Rodman's escapades throughout the country back in the day. And like Rodman would drag Wally to a Pearl Jam concert in California or in Vegas. And then they'd have to be in LA for a game, you know, the next day. And they, they'd fly straight from the show to the game and just crazy stories. But that little Wally and the Worm documentary is amazing. If, if you like The Last Dance, you'll, you'll love Wally and the Worm. Y'all should check it out. Uh, yeah, you sent me that. Uh, I can't remember when, maybe earlier this season or, or last summer or something like that. And I remember watching it. It was great. That was a lot of fun. Basically, every day would start, <laughs> start like the same way. And like it was just this insane party with Rodman. And, and Rodman just brought Wally along with him and he rode his coattails. He was a young guy back then. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I tried to hook up with Wally on Twitter a couple of years ago and, and it didn't work out. But uh, he ended up following me like two days ago, right before the last dance. And I I direct messaged him. I'm like, Wally, hey, it's Steve, I, the guy that you messed with in the bar at Dahlonega like 15 years ago. He's like, hey, hey, man, what's up? And we had a long chat and uh, he, Wally is very excited about this documentary. And I, I, have, I have a feeling Wally is probably going to play a, a decent role in this thing by the time the, the next eight hours are over. So pretty cool. I, I, it was nice to reconnect. So you have met Wally Blaze, Deshaun Watson, right, at the same bar? At, Deshaun Watson has been at Johnny B's. And, uh, and w- anyone else while yes. we're rounding out this list? Javi Lopez <laughs> oh, was at nice. Johnny B's. Nice. Uh, Chase Elliott, the NASCAR driver. Okay. Is, and then... Uh, the guy, this is the good one. This is the obscure one, and I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who plays Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. He's only oh. in the movie for like 30 seconds. He gets out spoilers. of like that. Spoilers on the he, uh, spoilers on the show here. <laughs> he's an Australian, Australian actor, and he played Charles Manson in another show uh, that was pretty popular. Damon Harriman? Yep. That's him, Damon Harriman. There you go. Yeah, he played him twice. He played it on uh, Justified and also in the Tarantino movie. So that dude and another one of his buddies from Australia, that was kind of our last hurrah at Johnny B's before uh, COVID-19 shut everything down. We spent an evening... um, Your last dance, if you will. Our last dance at Johnny B's, yeah. Um, And it was weird because my buddy, Zach, that was with us is like, oh my gosh, that's Damon Harriman. I'm like, who is Damon Harriman? He's like, oh, he played Charles Manson in Justified. And then we looked him up and figured out that he, he was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I, I went up to him and said, dude, you were in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's like, you couldn't possibly know that. There's no, how do you know that? Like he was in- That's a deep pull. That, that is, I'll give your buddy credit. That, that's a deep, that's a deep cut right there. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty strong. I think. Strong. I think if I saw that guy at a bar, I'd be like, ah, I recognize that guy, and then it would it would eat me up for like two days. I would never figure it out in the moment. I don't think. Oh, he was he was Manson in Mindhunter, and he was Dewey Crow in Justified. That's what oh, was. Dewey Crow, right? Dewey Crow. Like, Why was Manson in Justified? I was trying to wrap my head around that. No, he's Dewey Crow. Uh, quickly, 
uh, closing the book on the last dance here at Johnny uh, B's. Uh, I just had a couple. Yeah, the last dance of Johnny B's. I just had a couple other thoughts from those first couple episodes. I mean, obviously, the traveling cocaine circus was was just an iconic moment. Just Jordan's reaction to that newspaper headline referring to the 80s bulls as a traveling cocaine circus. Uh, that was a pretty extraordinary moment. Well, there was also a great tweet right after that. And I don't I don't know who tweeted it or what it said exactly, but it was like, Imagine every other player on that team trying to explain to their kids and their oh. <laughs> their wife <laughs> how they weren't part of the the cocaine traveling circus. Right, right. So much panic, so yeah. much panic. And uh, from episode two, the the Jordan Danny Ainge golf thing was pretty incredible. Yes, they played golf the the day before he dropped, or the day of the day of the sixty three. I thought it was the day before. Before, no was it the day before i'm not sure I th- now i thought it was the day before i could be wrong but pr- pretty incredible i've also heard stories about jordan you know drinking like 10 beers on the golf course and then playing later that night i don't know if that i don't know if that happened or not but i've heard about it but yeah uh, jordan used to play at uh, he when he would when he would come play the pacers in indy he would play at prairie view in carmel that was the, the course i was playing at at the time back when I had money. And uh, <laughs> there were a couple times we went to the golf course to play and it was closed because Jordan was out there. Wow. Shut yeah. it down. Yep. Shut it down. All right. So anyways, a lot more to look forward to from The Last Dance. And as we said, Steve and Mike Gallagher will be here to, to recap it for you, to break it down, to give you their reactions every week. So there's something to look forward to. Should be fun. Um, a couple quick basketball, real actual uh, current basketball notes to hit Steve before we get out of here. First things first, uh, ESPN's Jackie McMillan reports that Ben Simmons, who was dealing with a back injury when the league shut down, uh, basically sounds like he would be ready to go if and when the season started. And that's kind of been a subplot of this whole thing, is that guys have obviously been healing during this long hiatus. You also have, from the athletic, Clint Capella, his plantar fasciitis uh, foot issue is apparently making some progress as well. A little more unclear with him whether he would actually be ready to go, etc. But I don't know. It's just it, it starts when I start to think about these guys potentially returning. I'm just my head starts spinning a little bit just as a real life fan, you know, being excited about it. But just thinking about it from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, what did we do? What do we do with our leagues? What did we do with our leagues? You know, they're, they're kind of on pause. Did someone win the title when the hiatus hit? You know, did the first place team, should they have won? And then you start over a whole new mini fantasy league whenever this starts back up. If there is any regular season left, I'm just, like like I said, my head is spinning with all these thoughts. Yeah, it's wild. And it, it's also wild to think that Ben Simmons, because of the hiatus, he could come back. You know, if we resume this thing, he could come back and help somebody win a, a title where he had no chance of coming back without the hiatus. So it's, right. it's pretty it's pretty wild. It's also really, really sad that we should be in the middle of the NBA playoffs right now. And we're not. Yeah, we'd be about, a, what, about a weekend now? Uh, I think they would have started first... on Saturday. Yeah. Last yeah, so Saturday, not even, so. Not even a weekend. Yeah, just a few, we'd, be, uh, we'd be getting ready for some game twos and maybe a game three. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, pretty depressing. 
What are your thoughts on, as we try not to be depressed, what are your thoughts on the season that Ben Simmons had? When you look at him just from a fantasy perspective, 16.7 points, 7.8 boards, 8.2 dimes, 2.1 steals, 0.6 blocks. That's all the good stuff. But, of course, 0.03s, 63% from the line, 3.6 turnovers. So a big liability basically in three categories, a big asset and a bunch of others. Is he a guy you drafted in a bunch of leagues? And I'm curious, Steve, because I really didn't draft him anywhere this year. If you did end up with him, how are your teams doing with him? Uh, they were doing okay. I, the the league, the main league I drafted him in was the Roto World, the Roto World Live League, and that was a points league. So he worked out just fine in points leagues. Like I have no issues. Uh, I I thought it was interesting. There's a blurb on Roto World about Ben Simmons, which you're referring to. It's it's about a mile long. Um, <laughs> it's like super long. Like the second half of that blurb, I just couldn't believe all the quotes. But uh. You know, Ben Simmons talking about shooting three-pointers, it was almost like he shied away from shooting them because people were pressuring him to shoot them so much. It's like, it's right. not part of my game, you know? I, there's things I'm good at. That's what I should be focused on. Like, I shouldn't be shooting threes. Which I, I kind of agree with that. Like, good for him. I don't know if I do. I mean, it's nice to be a contrarian and all, and you don't have to listen to what people tell you to do. But I do think <laughs> from, like, from a basketball standpoint... I think he'd be a more effective player if he just turned and looked and shot it. I mean, to me, his stroke looks pretty good when when you see him actually shoot one. And the way teams play him, they're just not honoring it. And if you just keep them a little more honest, I think it makes you so much more effective. But yeah, you don't have to shoot six a game. You don't have to be like Joe Harris and shoot six a game. <laughs> you, can sh- you can shoot one or two per game, you know? And suddenly you knock one down in the first quarter or second quarter and they got something else to think about. You know, they might they might come a step a step closer to you on D and then it's that much easier to attack. I just think the way teams guard Ben Simmons, they they don't even have to guard him out there right now because they know he won't even take it. Do you think Ben Simmons is gonna get traded? Ooh. I don't I know. Saw, I saw something the other day, a buddy of mine sent me what what did he call it? He called it a um, A rumor? Yeah, <laughs> like a like a generated like trade generator thing or whatever, oh. uh, but but I don't know why he. I I, I still don't so know your why your friend he, went on like a trade generator and started a trade rumor. Basically, I'm not, what happened. It says, let's see here. It says st- he said stupid mock trade, and it's from the Sixers Wire at usatoday.com. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and it, it was basically saying that the numbers say that trading Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward would be a win for the Sixers. Huh. I would need a long minute to think about that one. I have no idea if anybody on either side wants to do that, but... But but you're putting it out there, I think, it sounds like. If those organizations are listening, you're just putting it out there. Well, I feel like the Sixers... I don't know that Ben fits in... With what the Sixers want to do. Like you said, they, they tell him to shoot threes. He won't do it. He's not a prototypical type, uh, you know, point guard. Um, so I don't I don't know. I, I've just heard rumblings. I feel like, um, is Ben Simmons a good fit? Can Philly win a championship with Ben Simmons uh, as their point guard? I kind of think, think they can. But... Uh, I don't know that Boston is going to mess up what they got going on right now. I mean, I if I was Danny Ainge, 
uh, I would not mess with my team chemistry. Yeah, um, and I'm Boston. I'm a fan of Simmons' game for the most part. I just think that would be the one thing he, you know, that's the one thing he I would adjust is like turn and look at the basket. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it's a the game has he's he's not playing the most modern brand of basketball. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's know? not. No, he's not. <laughs> and and maybe if they maybe if they told him we don't care if you make them or not. Just shoot right. Just something. take them. It's like it's like play action and uh, it's like play action in football. Right? Hasn't it been proven? And if I'm making this up, I do want someone to tell me. But I've heard <laughs> that you don't even have to run the ball effectively for play action to work. It's like a pump fake. I mean, which actually makes sense. You know, you know what I mean. So right. uh, I, I think it's kind of the same notion. You know, just brick a couple of game, Ben. It gives him something else to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's listening, and I don't think the Sixers or uh, Celtics organizations are listening to our hypothetical trade either. I, I doubt it. I doubt it either. One more thing, Steve, quickly, because last week we talked about uh, Jason Tatum not having a basketball hoop during the, these times of isolation. Jimmy Butler apparently there's a report via oh the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Butler reportedly purchased hoops for all of his teammates and i just want to put it out there that maybe he could get one for tatum too yeah uh jimmy tatum could use one my son could use a new one. Oh yeah yeah I, I, guys I, steve sent me a video before this of his son dunking i put it out on twitter the other oh day. you have okay yeah i mean God, I, the other day. you guys got to get some sand or rocks or water into that the base of that thing i mean good lord <laughs> making me nervous yeah it looks like it's going to come down. Yeah. And also and, one time one time when we were in Florida for spring break, a storm came through and actually blew that thing over and it, the rim went right through my wife's windshield. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Uh so yeah, but if Jimmy wants to buy me and Jason Tatum a hoop, that would be cool. Now, now my kid is he, he's seeing these gorillas goals you know they're they're probably like four thousand dollars to install or whatever he wants one of those put out there now but we're not even asking jimmy butler for that right like that that's that's not the ask no that's not the ask no and and the the interesting thing about that story is most of those guys live in like townhomes where they don't even have driveways like they don't they live in condos you're just setting it up in the living room (laughs) so i don't know where they're gonna set jimmy's basket up maybe out on the back maybe on the back porch uh, yeah, but in any case, they'll at least have a basket to shoot a ball at if they so choose. Unlike Jason Tatum, there you have it. All right, well, that about does it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review the show as well. Steve and Mike will be back with your last dance recaps to come very soon. Steve, do we know the day yet? We think it'll be Monday. Hopefully, they'll be on Mondays. Mondays, yeah. Hopefully, Mondays. The Gallagher may be doing his normal Friday thing this week. I, I'm guessing he probably is. But then if if not, we'll be we'll Check be here on Monday. Your feed. <laughs> Check your feed. <laughs> Many more podcasts still to come. That's it for me for a minute here, Steve and Mike to continue onward. Thanks to all of you for listening. Stay safe everyone. Steve, it's been fun, man. We'll talk soon. Matt, I'm gonna miss you, man. All right, buddy. Same. Bye. At Bet 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet 365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.